This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O.com. I'm Jason Stein, publisher of Automotive News, and this is Daily Drive for Thursday, February 25th. When it comes to brand reboots, perhaps none has been larger over the years than the one performed at Acura. The Great Recession was not kind to the brand in many ways, and the level of brand rebuilding that needed to be executed had its share of twists and turns and dips and dives. The decision to build a second-generation NSX supercar at the start of the rebuilding process changed all of that. It was a decision that helped jumpstart the performance side of the once-performance-minded brand. So did the creative decision to place a designer into a leadership role. And that's where John Ikeda found himself in 2015 when he was elevated to the brand's top spot. In many ways, it was a commitment and a signal to the industry that Acura was all about an unconventional approach to the market. And that commitment continues. As Acura tries to find its footing in the premium space, it's doubling down on a performance philosophy. A new generation of vehicles are on the way amidst an auto market that has tossed its share of curveballs Acura's way from COVID to chips to winter storms. And now, there's even a new boss in charge in Japan. John Ikeda, designer, leader, and Acura boss, is at the center of it all. John, it is good to hear your voice. It's been a while for you and I. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, Well, you know, it is a new normal, but we're we're dealing with it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. John, I want to take our listeners back to the beginning uh, with you. And um, actually, you and I were kind of talking off air about one of the last times that I saw you. And you had just um, moved over to your your current role. Um, your journey from the design studio to the sales side has been an interesting one. And I, I'm wondering now, some five and a half years later, you've, you, had, you just have to have learned more than you could ever have imagined. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was, uh, it's it's an undertaking at, at its best. I mean, when they asked me to come over, I thought they were kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you you spend 25 years making cars in R&D, and then, then one day they come and say, well, how about becoming general manager sales at Acura? Uh, I, I spent a lot of time talking to them, saying, hey, I don't know about selling cars. I, I know about selling sketches. Sure. But uh, <laughs> cars, per se. Uh I've never wholesale a car in my life. So it was, it was definitely something new. Uh, but it was at a moment, I think, um, uh, that our brand needed some redirecting and, uh, you know, we needed some creative solutions, I guess. And, and the creativity was the one thing that I, I could bring to the table. I did have some history and heritage with the brand. And so I think that's why, uh, it all ended up happening the way it did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for all the sales guys that were on our team, you know, it was a difficult time for them because uh, I wasn't going to bring any anything new to the table in terms of just selling. But uh, from a brand perspective, you know, that's what we were. Uh, I, I really had to refocus on. So when you considered the opportunity, if I if we can just go back to that moment again, because I, I that's that's a pretty powerful moment of you of you um, uh, walking toward that new that new path, walking on that new path. What do you think the 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 biggest thing um, was for you to get your arms around in in your new role? I mean, we, you you had spent so much time um, putting those vehicles out onto the road, uh, thanks to a 
thanks to a sketch, thanks to a philosophy, thanks to a vision. And now all of a sudden, you know, you got to meet your monthly number. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, different targets and things to focus on. But I think what we really needed to do was just refocus ourselves as a, a performance brand again. And I, and I think, you know, some of our successes in the beginning, uh, we were very, very strong and coming out the door. But uh, I think we went through some growing things. Uh, I always associated to like kind of just growing up in general. You know, we've been in the business now 35 years. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at 20, you know, we were feeling good about ourselves. And at 25, 26, things, you know, we weren't so sure. And, uh, you know, the bottom fell out at the recession and made us to, you know, gave us a chance to kind of self-reflect a little bit. And what are we about? Where do we come from? You know, and what are we about? And all those things are very important for us to, you know, evolve as a brand, especially in the premium segment. So, you know, we we reapplied ourselves and readdressed our, our core DNA, if it will, but uh, that's performance. And we were out of the box the performance division of Honda, and that's what Acura is. That's what I fell in love with. And uh, nothing new here that I'm doing other than uh, re, you know, we're just reapplying our, our craft, if you will, and focusing on performance. You know, that's a uh, decision to build the second-generation NSX supercar was really the start of that rebuilding process, right, versus using resources elsewhere. I, I think when you reflect now, that has to be a real turning point for Acura. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you could say you're a performance brand, but uh, you got to have some commitment, if you will, to to set the tone, you know. And uh, it's interesting that our CEO, Mr. Ito at the time, who kicked that off, was part of the team, of, you know, the body team, I guess, uh, designing the original NSX. That's and right. NSX, yeah. NSX is an interesting, you know, it's an interesting uh, tool, if you will, from a company perspective. It's something to showcase our innovation if you will and the original one in the 80s you know with the you know japan inc in its heyday you know they just they just went all out to what does honda do from a car making innovation prospect they they made an nsx mid-engine you know sports car everyday use you could drive it every day but it was exciting and uh he felt that uh, we needed to do that again you know let's think about what's performance like in the future and i remember him telling me you know it's going to be a hybrid. And I thought, you're crazy. Why are we doing this a hybrid? And he was very, very clear as the CEO of our company said, electrification is coming. Hmm. Uh, we need to look at emissions and things. Uh, that's what we do. And I'm going to challenge the team to make a hybrid car because I want to understand electricity a little bit. Better, you know, so when we first came out with the second gen, I mean, it was kind of lukewarm a little bit. You know, some of the, some of the media, some of the public, you know, enthusiasts are like, what are you doing? But uh, over time, uh, I think people have come to embrace it uh, because it's been an incredible learning uh, tool for us, the second generation NSX, of what you can do with electricity. Yeah, and just given where the world is now, of course, and it's the only topic anybody wants to talk about. I mean, you were really kind of ahead of your time to some extent. Yeah, I mean, you know, that car is, it's just not, you know, uh, motors to drive the wheels and super handling all wheel drive. And, you know, we did that with the mechanical portion of it. We continue to do so, but can we do torque vectoring? What does that mean in terms of, you know, doing it through electric motors? But there's drive by wire, you know, uh, steering and braking, all kinds of electrical things are in the NSX. And we've learned a lot 
uh, things about uh, things we could do. And, uh, you know, there's hope for electrical cars. I mean, it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of things that we uh, look forward to, I guess, as we electrify our business. Because uh, as a performance vehicle, you know, there's a lot of exciting things that you could do with electricity. So a lot of good learnings with the NSX there. Acura is still pretty focused on ICE vehicles, yet you, you there are a lot of luxury competitors coming out and committed to EVs. Does that make you a little nervous? Oh, no. I mean, uh, obviously, the NSX kind of shows you that we're, we're in it and we're learning things and we got things in the pipeline here. But um, I will say this much, you know, for us as a brand, we needed to kind of refocus and reestablish ourselves a little bit as a performance brand. And so, yes, it looks that way right now, but we want everybody to understand where we are, what we're about first. Uh, even if we go electric, uh, we will continue to be a performance uh, division of Honda and performance is going to be our focus. But right now, you know, we're just trying to build up our street cred, uh, get the Type S's back on the road, uh, win trophies, racing to justify the fact that we are really the deal. Um, I can't say enough about a racing program and what we've accomplished in IMSA. Uh, you know, I mean, just, uh, yeah, that's been the, one of the biggest humbling things that uh, we've accomplished as a, a brand outside of the great cars that we've been building. But uh, our racing prowess the last few years has been just incredible. I think, too, the new generation TLX, the new generation MDX, and really your recommitment to precision crafted performance has got to be the pathway forward for you, correct? Absolutely. And we need to just, you know, we needed to rebuild the foundation. here. So we're in that process still. I'm not going to say we're done yet, but uh, people will know, you know, when you talk about Acura in the future that, hey, they're a performance brand. You know, so the expectation of our clients in the future getting into our vehicles, whether it's electric or not, is that they're going to expect certain things uh, in terms of dynamics from our vehicles. And I think uh, we're, we're up to the challenge to delivering on that. John, how much time do you spend with your retail network, your dealers? Well, now that I'm p- partly uh, more focused on the brand as a brand officer, not as much as when I was a general manager sales, but I'm on all the calls and they have my number. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they call you. <laughs> so when, when they, yeah, I get a lot of emails, you know, what are we doing here? You know, I heard this is happening. What are we, you know, so I am their uh, uh, R&D guy or the product guy. Um, and, and I think... What they're seeing now and getting excited about with with what we're we're doing at Acura is that uh, that that all the things that we promised them, uh, you know, when we came back in to rebuild, we've been delivering on those things, and uh, you know, the new TLX as well as the new MDX, which is just absolutely knocking it out right now. Uh, we're really excited about all the new vehicles that are in the lineup and. Uh, we want to continue to build segment-leading cars. That's what we promised them. And uh, we don't have a whole lot of vehicles, but we want to make sure that what we do provide is segment-leading. That's the promise that we've given them. So that's the challenge that the R&D guys have, and uh, we're trying to deliver on those promises. And I guess, John, that leads me into a sales strategy question. How a premium brand stands out when so many brands want to be premium? <laughs> yes, that's a very good question. It's a branding question, to tell you the truth. Um one thing that uh, you you have to do in this you know segment is people have choices. And you know, once you get to that you know forty, fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollar range, there's plenty of choices. And uh, I've always believed that a brand is you know uh, it's almost like a relationship with people. You know, do I like this individual or not, or do I 
you know, do they have the similar values that I have? Those are the kind of emotional connection that you you need to have. And so, you know, when you, when you see successful brands and you just try to emulate them, well, you know, they already have that person to hang out with. So it's very critical for us to be ourselves. Um, that's one of the key things that we want to focus on. We want to deliver performance our way, um, you know, and, and, and be unique uh, for people that, are out there. I always tell dealers, you know, all we're looking for is 200, 200,000 friends, right? Yep. We're not here to take over the world, but I think we make great product and in our own unique way and that we could find 200 friends out there in North America to, to hang out with us and enjoy our product. And then in doing so, we could, you know, we could have good business uh, for a franchise. We'll hear more from Acura's John Ikeda after this message. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for trade appraisals missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves. From appointment scheduling through final confirmation, all in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for both CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane. GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit gomoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. So you learned a lot in the last five and a half years. I imagine you learned even more in the last 11 months. How's the pandemic <laughs> treated you? Oh, yes. Well, I, you know, one thing for sure, uh, we talk about this all the time, but uh, I've, what I've learned about our dealer body is just, you know, people at Acura, uh, we're resilient. You know, we've been through a lot of things together and uh, the adjustments that were made, uh, the quick quickness and, and, and things that we, we dealt with it. And uh, we're, we're here now. And I just I just feel so, you know, fortunate to be part of this team with a franchise that's just so resilient. You know, obviously there's challenges, but uh, we helped each other as partners and uh, we deliver the cars even through pandemic times. We, we came through and launched two cars last year, you know, and and uh, now that they've got the MDX is a big, big punch. You know, we started selling it uh, this month in the beginning of uh, February and uh, it's doing extremely well. Uh, it's yeah, it's just um, it tells you a lot about the franchise in general. You know, problems come around, but uh, we we figured out how to deal with these things, and uh, we're moving forward. I can only imagine that you had an enormous amount of sympathy for your designer friends who maybe couldn't get into the the studio, and yet I've heard other stories that designers have flourished during the pandemic because of uh, their ability to work from home and be creative in their own space. Put your former designer hat on now. What would it have been like to have been a designer during the pandemic? Well, I think from a sketching perspective, you know, when you're designing and sketching, um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, you have your own space at home. 
the, the transition from 2D to 3D, that's where it starts to get a little bit trickier. Uh, probably less now because of the digital aspect of it, but there's nothing like looking and, and discussing your clay model, whether it's full size or, you know, scale model with your modeler and looking at a line and touching the surfaces and discussing how we could improve things together. Uh, that part of it, you know, is something that uh, uh, you you still have to do. And uh, we have to figure out how to do it correctly. And I'm sure the guys in the studios, they, they limited the number of people that could be in the studio. But it's, it's, it's an important part of uh, making a car and designing a car that you just can't get rid of. And it's one of my favorite parts. So I, I would enjoy sketching, but uh, yeah, making clay and designing on the clay is just my favorite part. So I'm sure there's people that like what they do, but uh, they miss some of the one, you know, one-to-ones with the clay. Because uh, sometimes you just, you just want to work on the clay, you know. Yeah, you said it was your favorite part. Shortly after yeah. taking the role that you're in now, did you did you happen to wander over every once in a while and see what was going on in the studios and offer your own advice, or or did you, did you try to stay away from it? Oh uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, the RD president was nice enough to not cancel my uh, ID, <laughs> and uh, I was one of the few guys that just had a you know the right to just walk in and out anytime I wanted. There's so many meetings and whatnot and learnings for me to do. I didn't have the time in the beginning, but every once in a while I would go in. And uh, it was kind of a good good thing because when you're right on top of that design every day, you might start to not see things. And uh, the guys didn't mind me coming in every once in a while just kind of saying, what do you see? You know, well, I see this. And they go, well, yeah, well. Oh, wow. We let that get out of hand here. We need to go back and readdress that or something. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was an interesting process, but, uh, yeah, they didn't kick me out 100%. <laughs> the 21 auto market has its own challenges now, uh, even outside of COVID, which obviously still continues, but the chip shortages, the winter storms, vaccine rollouts, things of that nature. How are you handling those right now? Yeah. The logistics people or, you know, that's not my wing per se right now, <laughs> but uh, I think in every aspect of the business, um, change and our ability to be flexible and adapt has been the biggest pill that we have to swallow as an industry in 2020. And I think the people that are succeeding or continue to be successful are the ones that can navigate that well. Uh, for us, you know, Nothing after the pandemic, from my perspective, is like mm. like a shock anymore. You know, it's like we made such an adjustment. And so we would talk about risk management and things. But I think there's a whole level up now. But what is really risk, you know, and, 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 and flexible and things like that because of the things that COVID kind of put us through? Because when you put it into context, you know, some of the things that we're dealing with, maybe not as big of a deal as it used to be or might have been. But uh, it's all connected. It's all, you know, interrelated. And so we have to deal with things. But uh, the ones that are adapting, and I think we're doing pretty good there, um, uh, we'll, we'll continue to do our best to deliver. I'm, ge I'm guessing you spend a lot of time on planes over the last number of years going to Japan to meet senior leadership. Um, and, and that, you know, those days have probably changed as well for you, I'm sure. Um, the, the ability to to have um, Zoom calls as opposed to uh, multi-hour flights. But you've got a new CEO as well, and you've got to get to know him. How do you balance both of those things? 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's the travel part is really interesting because I haven't seen all my friends at the uh, the lounge at, at the LAX. I haven't been to LAX <laughs> in a while, right? Um, I did make a weird uh, LAX uh, uh, run when COVID first started back in April or something, and, I, and it was a, it was a ghost town. It was it was an amazing sight to drive through LAX with absolutely no traffic. No cars there. Uh, it was bizarre. But, uh, you know, as things pick back up and things get better, uh, we'll, we'll put travel back on the map. But, you know, right now we're going to deal with it, uh, with how we need to deal with, it. you know, work from home for all OEMs and other businesses is something, you know, that was like such a big risk. Work from home. Everybody's going to work from home. You know, the, the company's going to collapse in a, in a month. Didn't happen. Right. So there's, there's a lot of new learnings and things that we could do. Obviously, you know, you think that, well, you don't travel, you don't see them face to face, but you could do it through technology. One of the things that I do miss, you know, when we do business uh, with Zoom and, and, and Teams and all this stuff is just walking the floor and just talking to people, you know, and, and just the non-meeting type of conversations that come up that might click a new idea or get somebody thinking about something else. Those spontaneous things have been a little bit more difficult to come by with the, the new situation. So, you know, yeah, I want to go meet the new boss. We want to see each other because there's nothing like eye to eye people being people. So hopefully we can get that going again. We do have a new boss. Uh, it's a new world for Honda. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we, we want to continue to, push our narrative going forward so and you and you love cars and and he's a powertrain guy so what could go wrong <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> uh, he comes from powertrain uh, i'm sure there's you know as we electrify things are changing you know and even our engine guys you know, everybody has to embrace change and uh, i always say this to the team you know good or bad change is going to happen and uh, when it does you have to embrace it in a positive light because with change, there's always opportunity and growth and innovation all lives right around that whole change land right there. So we just got to go in there and uh, see what, what's there for us to do to make things better. Yep. We wish you nothing but the best, John. Thank you so much. Jason, thank you so much. And that's Daily Drive for Thursday, February 25th. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And for a library of more than 250 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. We'll be back Friday.